Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, automizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joins us every single Friday, and he's gracious enough with his time to do so. Yet again, my good friend, Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, I appreciate you taking the time. It was a pleasure, my friend, to meet you in person for the first time ever. And let me ask you this. Are you ready to come forward and admit that you 
were one of the five who voted for Vanderbilt to win the SEC? <laughs> uh, well, number one, Chris, the pleasure was all mine, man. It was great seeing you in person. Uh, you know, obviously felt like I've, I've known you for a long time, but uh, finally able to, uh, you know, get together in real life. As they say, I, I do want to tell you, uh, I am at the airport, so if you hear uh, anything in the background or any announcements, we, uh, me and my wife are finishing the second part of our honeymoon this next week now that uh, SEC media days are over. So uh, we're headed over to France to finish that. But, no, uh, my brain works, actually, so I was not one of the one <laughs> – uh, one of the ones who voted uh, five people that voted for Vanderbilt uh, to finish that way. Um, you know, some men, it's, it's like the dark night. Some men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> well, Jake, I'd also like to come clean to you and tell you that I was not the one person who voted South Carolina to win the SEC. So I don't know who that is. I feel like these people should come forward. I mean, would you not agree? I, I'm just wondering. I, You know, Look, I, I don't know if there's I'm, a movie I'm quote to go with this. The South Carolina person, I don't want to judge you. I want to understand you. Like, I want to hear you out. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, so, you to, I want you to look me in the eyes and explain it to me. Right. Um, no, I, I would have I I lost that bet if uh, I was trying to find out who was the person that voted South Carolina number one or voted, excuse me, mm-hmm. South Carolina number one. But, uh, look, I, I feel like everybody should have their votes known. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we know who the Supreme Court votes for. Why, why the hell should I not know who voted for Vandy? Indeed. Jake, let's start there, by the way, with the East, the West, the predicted order of finish. Uh, I'll just go down the list. Here in the East, Georgia, of course, picked up in the SEC East, followed by Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Mizzou, and Vandy. In the West, you've got Alabama at the top, LSU at two, A&M three, Ole Miss four, Arkansas five, Auburn six, Mississippi State seven. What jumps out to you from the way the media voted? I think the obvious one is that Alabama has been picked to win the SEC West over LSU. But anything else in particular stand out? Of course, Georgia picked to win the SEC. Um, you know, not really. It was pretty much kind of chalk in the East as you would draw it up. But in the West, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, we, the, the ca- we know the cachet that Nick Saban has. We know the way that Alabama recruits. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of media members are banking on the fact that Alabama's somewhat unheralded or a little bit slept on going into this year and somehow you know that's going to make them better like I I I don't think Nick Saban's lining up a quarterback or anything like that so I I think that that's an old-fashioned not trick but easy lane to fall in and look I'm not saying you just go ahead and pick you know chalk across the board and what everybody thinks but I, I don't know how you don't pick an LSU team that returns four starters on the offensive line their quarterback you know they're talented out wide. Defensively, they return a guy that I think is the top three pick on the defensive line. They had to replace some guys through the portal, but me worrying about LSU on defense is, you know, like a fat kid worrying about where he's going to get his next Snickers bar. It just doesn't happen. So I, I think that's a that's a media thing, uh, and I get it. I'm not in the business of sleeping on Nick Saban, but I do think that Alabama's going to finish second in the West. I have LSU right now. That's where I'm leaning but my thing, Chris, is I don't make predictions. I know you have to in, in some, some spots when it comes to media day. I get it. But I don't make my personal predictions until the end of fall camp. Mm-hmm. I need to know who gets hurt. I need to know who wins the job because there's been times where quarterbacks have gone to media days and ended up losing the job. Like, I don't know, uh, oh, boy, who lost to Johnny Manziel at A&M, and we all know what Johnny did. So uh, it's, it's just it's fun. It's talking season. But preseason polls, man, it's like the snuffleupagus. They're really not real, and do they really matter? (laughs) Jake, I also had LSU winning the SEC West in my predicted order of finish. Let's go back to the East, though, Jake, because 
Georgia's the no-brainer, obviously, at number one. I feel like Tennessee is sort of the consensus pick there at number two. Most people are kind of touting them as the fourth-best team in the SEC. But three through six and maybe even three through seven, you could convince me, right? I mean, when's the last time we came into a year where I don't think it's a given Vandy finishes seven? I mean, that really tells you sort of the craziness in the SEC East. But I'll even tell you this, Jake, from the Gamecock perspective, I was a little surprised to see South Carolina pick third. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't too. feel like Carolina gets quite the benefit of the doubt, and some of that is their own doing, right? But, you know, I left SEC Media Days, and we'll get to this in just a second, Jake, actually feeling a little bit better about Kentucky. I liked what Eli Drinkwitz had to say with Mizzou. I know they have question marks, but it sort of surprised me that South Carolina finished – or, excuse me, got picked to finish – third in the SEC East. Your just overall thoughts on that. And again, it goes Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Mizzou, and then Vandy. Just how the media picked that and your overall thoughts on it. Well, you know, it's funny the way the media works. They pick Alabama to win the West based on the fact that people are sleeping on Alabama, but they pick South Carolina to finish third and Kentucky to finish fourth when all I heard about how was how everybody's sleeping on Kentucky. So it's kind of like using uh, one one mathematical formula to, to figure something out or project something in one instance and going against it in the other. Here's, here's what it comes down in, in my opinion. I think sometimes uh, the media falls in love with just quarterbacks and I get it. Spencer Rattler, the way he ended the year, I think Spencer, you know, I was talking to a scout there during the week. Spencer Rattler legitimately may have the second most arm talent outside of Caleb Williams in the country. And that's including Drake May at North Carolina, and there's some other guys across, you know, the rest of the the, uh, overlay. But when I look at Kentucky, Devin Leary coming in a guy that, that, you know, they're very heralded last year at NC State, didn't work out. I think he'll fit into that Liam Cohen offense and, and, uh, you know, him coming back to Kentucky after going uh, to the NFL last year. Uh, You know, I look at Florida. It's an interesting case. That schedule is brutal. I don't believe in Graham Mertz at all. Uh, I don't think a lot of people do. But here's the biggest question for South Carolina, and you know this, and I know this, and I really hope South Carolina fans, I know you have a ton that listen to this show, really sit down and think about this. Spencer Rattler can only control what he can control. All he can do is take the snap, get into his progression if it's a pass, or hand the ball off if it's a run. He cannot block up front. He cannot stop the run on the defensive line. So football is not baseball. Football is not basketball. One guy can't go out there and just win the game for you. That's why it's the ultimate team sport, and we love it so much. So seeing where South Carolina is up front right now, at least you know from what we know on the offensive line and the defensive line, and me and you have sat down and talked about this, I was very surprised to see the media put them at third. I think they're going to have to really punch above their weight up front to be able to finish third in the East. Could it happen? Of course it could happen. Is college football anything could happen. But I'm right there with you in the same boat that when all I heard was about how underrated Kentucky was, the media voted them to finish fourth. Now, when it comes down to, to five through seven, I still think you're going to get Vanderbilt in seventh. But Missouri is a very interesting case to me. I don't think enough people are talking about Brady Cook, probably because people still believe it's a three-team race at quarterback. It's not a three-team race at quarterback. Brady Cook is going to be the QB at, at Missouri, and they have a huge game against Kansas State within that first four-game slate. If somehow they were able to win that one, I think you could see Missouri finish them with seven or possibly eight wins, and nobody needs it more than Eli right now. Yeah, Jake, you make a great point. You know, when you talk Mizzou, anytime a team has the the amount of experience returning that they do, I think it's like 80% on a defense that was one of the best in the SEC. 
I, again, was mm-hmm. also really surprised to see Florida, you know, with all the doubts and, you know, people were making the joke, was Florida even at SEC Media Days? Because Billy Napier will put you to sleep and nobody was talking about the Gators. And sure enough, they get picked to finish fifth in the SEC East. So I think people are, are expecting the Gators to potentially overachieve this season. But, Jake, sticking with the Gamecock theme, just your your brief takeaways on Shane Beamer, what he had to say. Of course, he's energetic. He's charismatic. He's a media favorite. I think he he's a guy that's built for an event like SEC Media Days. Uh, he yeah. did mention, like you're talking about, and I was able to ask him a question about the front seven. You know, they lose six of eight via snap count in, uh, in their front seven. What are they going to do with run defense, the addition of Travion Robertson? But he talked about those things, rushing offense and defense. He talked about limiting the turnovers. He talked about what they had done at this point. Really used the opportunity to sell the football program. But was there anything – that you heard from him and or the Gamecocks he brought with him with Rattler, mm-hmm. Kai Kroger, and Tonka Hemingway. That, was there anything that jumped out to you necessarily? Well, you know, Shane's so good and when it comes to media and, and putting a good perspective out there. Not only fans, but recruits as well. You know, it's always an interview when you're the head coach. And, you know, I think him and Sam Pittman and a couple others really embraced media day, which is kind of funny because Shane's part of that new wave of the younger coaches who know how to utilize social media who know how important that is, and, and Sam Pippen's like a good old boy. They go about it kind of in similar ways, even though they, they have different you know, philosophical thoughts when it comes to, to the way they go about everything else. Uh, but we, we were lucky enough to have Shane on our show. Uh, we're going to drop that next week, uh, probably next Monday, so make sure you turn in to, mm. tune into Crane and Company. You can follow us on Twitter or on YouTube. It's C-R-A-I-N and Company. You had a great conversation with him. But look, he knows. Coach Beamer understands it. The game is won and lost up front. That's where they're going to have to make a big jump. And look, in a lot of cases, you'd rather return six of eight up front than return a quarterback. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but if you ask a coach, uh, especially if you have depth at that position, you know, the year before and then, you know, going into the next year, you kind of rather be better up front and let the chips fall where they may at the other position. So, uh, but when it comes to putting out a great name for South Carolina, Shane Beamer's your guy. I think there's a chance he's going to be a lifer at South Carolina. You look at the way he's recruiting, but not only recruiting good players, recruiting the right type of good players. I talked about this when speaking about Billy Napier and Florida fans being patient with him because I think the administration is. Shane Beamer is a guy that if you give him time to cultivate the culture, and this is why you know we talked about Mark Ryan and them saying, oh, well, it's the equal to Will Muschamp and wins. Trajectories are real things. Circumstances are real things. And I think South Carolina, as I said when they hired him, hit an absolute grand slam with Shane Beamer. And don't be surprised if you look up in three or four years and Shane Beamer and, and not only his recruits, but his coaching staff, even though there will be attrition, are kicking people's ass left and right because he built it the right way. I'd rather, I'd rather be in a house that I can live in for the rest of my life because it has a good foundation than a house I have to keep renovating every five to six years because I tried to put it together too fast. Jake, you mentioned that conversation with uh, Shane Beamer. First thing, be sure to tag us. We'll definitely share that because I know Gamecock fans will get a lot of value out of that. But also, you guys had tons of conversations with coaches, with players during the week at SEC Media Days. You mentioned Shane Beamer. Were there any other conversations with whether it be player or coach that stood out to you from your time in Nashville? Well, you know, I have a great relationship with Coach uh, Hugh Freeze at Auburn going back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's great to be able to actually get some one-on-one time with them. Uh, you know, he kind of treated us a little bit different because, again, you know, we, we were in the business. But I would say outside of that, I mean, Sam Pittman, uh, for, for a lot of the same reasons that people like Shane Beamer, but it, it's one thing for a guy to give you time, right, you know, where you have enough time to ask the questions you want to ask, you know all about that. And it's another thing when a guy is really, really genuine and, and gives you legitimate insight that your audience can enjoy. For example, not a lot of coaches will admit when they made a mistake we had Coach Pittman on, and he talked about, you know, they didn't go live last year at practice or during scrimmages. They didn't go to the ground. That was a mistake that he felt like he made, and they weren't prepared uh, going into the year to be able to get through that. The second thing is, you know, talking about the structure of practice, which people don't talk about enough in sports media. We don't talk about enough of roster management. We don't talk about enough of, of practice structure. And, you know, adding a period where you're going for third and fourth down within your normal periods and you're going live doing it. And yeah, coaches get worried about pileups and things like that. But Arkansas leads the country since 2020 in losses by a field goal or less, which means that you're a handful of plays away during the season from flipping your whole season. And typically games come down anywhere between three to five plays. And those are the plays where you have to be able to convert or the game is still up in the air or you end up losing the game. So him talking about that and then just his relationship with the Arkansas, the, the state of Arkansas, how his goal is to make the state proud and his players know that. I, I just, I, it's so nice to be able to sit down because I've been on both sides of it, Chris. I've been interviewed by the media while I was coaching and I've interviewed coaches while I'm in the media. And coach speak, it's smart. It's the safe play. I get it. But when you get a guy that's actually genuine, that your audience, I mean, he was talking about how with Dan Enos, they're going to be going a lot more 12 personnel, a lot more 13 personnel, a lot more passing on early downs because they want to keep KJ healthy throughout the year. You typically don't get those insights from coaches because they're paranoid. You know, I just wouldn't watch the Oppenheimer. It's like they're on the Manhattan Project. Nobody wants to talk to anybody or tell anybody anything. So it's a breath of fresh air, and, and that's why I think Sam Pittman was really a big highlight this week. Yeah, and I think Sam Pittman's a guy, you, you listen to him talk and you interview interview him, you conversate with him, you, you want him to succeed. And I know that's certainly the case because he is an Arkansas sure. man. He's got a he's got a hog in his backyard, for goodness sake. So he was a blast, a pleasure to listen to. Hey, Jake, I know it's talking season, but coming out of SEC Media Days, let's play a little game of stock up, stock down, based off of what you heard. And again, I know it's talking season, you know, yeah, do Walmart. this. At, right, 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 but – this is what I say. Coming out of SEC Media Days, whether it's right, wrong, or different, or indifferent, I come out of SEC Media Days feeling better about Kentucky. I'm stock up on Kentucky because you look at what they picked up in the transfer portal, specifically in the offensive line. You think about Devin Leary. He's 100% healthy. You know, I asked Coach Mark Stoops about his receiver position. That's the best crop of receivers, arguably, he's had during his time there. I think there's real reason, and Liam Cohen back at OC, there's real reason to believe 
they could be one of the most improved teams in the SEC, especially in the off the side. Jake, brace yourselves. I, I'm a little bit stocked down on Auburn. And not for the reasons that I think they're going to be a terrible team, but like when I heard Hugh Freeze talking about patience, pleading with the fan base to have patience, that to me, Jake, tells me that he understands sort of the rebuild they're enduring. And he's telling the fan base, hey, let's let's not set unrealistic expectations of nine, ten wins in year one and we go out there and win six and people are ready to to burn the house down, if you will. Your overall thoughts, do you have a stock up, stock down, and your thoughts on on my picks? Yeah, you know, I, I think you're getting a little bit of that. And you got to understand with Auburn, your biggest rivals are Alabama and Georgia, mm. you know, the teams that were picked to win each side of the Southeastern Conference. So <laughs> I think it's more about those two games than it is about the rest because that's what you get hired or fired on. Why did Gus Malzahn end up getting fired? He couldn't beat Georgia. Why did Brian Hartson get fired? He couldn't beat Georgia or Alabama. Because, uh, again, you're, you're judged on those two games. So I, I think that may have been more what he was talking about. But, listen, I – when you look at depth-wise, I understand. When you look at questionable pass rush for Auburn, I understand. Uh, but if I had to pick stock up, um, then I really, I, I really like the way Joe Milton handled himself. Uh, I, I like Josh Heupel a lot. And, and I think, you know, Tennessee is one of those hinge teams where it hinges on one player, the difference in having a good season or a great season. I think Penn State with Drew Aller at quarterback is another one of those. I think Wisconsin with Tanner Mordecai, the SMU transfer quarterback, is another one of those uh, hinge teams. But, but, but my stock is up on Tennessee. It's just because every time I see uh, Josh Heifel and then the way his players handle themselves, I, I like him even more and more. Now, does that mean that Joe Milton has developed any touch? I don't know. It's hard to put that in somebody. Is he going to be able to make enough of the throws for this offense to be able to operate at a high efficiency rate? We'll see. That's a big question. Because, uh, again, look, media, talking media days is one thing. Going out there and playing, that's a totally different thing. I mean, we had Brock Bowers on our mm. show who's not exactly a huge talker, but he's going to go out there and, and, show, and show the mongoose the snake every time on Saturday. So um, I would say stock down. Man, just there's some bad oldness I don't like this year, man. I, I don't know what it is. It's instinctual. I, I, I just – defensively, I don't think they have the depth. Uh, you know, they have more quarterbacks than just about anybody that, that you know, have shown legitimately they can play, and I think Walker Howard can play. But that can be a problem as well. You know, that, that can create a problem – in the locker room and and with lane he kind of just gives you that nonchalant vibe and and look he's had success nobody's arguing that but there's just some about this Ole Miss team that I don't trust Mm -hmm. Jake lane at SEC many days looked like he tied one on at Broadway and just walked right into the same clothes he wear from the night before that's that's what I picked up I was like this guy went out last night there's no question uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's really, no, no, I mean, certainly looked that did, way. Did Chris? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, look, the return of Joey Freshwater. Like that, he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be surprised if I told you he was out there, no. you know, singing Creed at karaoke the night yeah. before he had to come out? He was down there at AJ's getting karaoke in with the media boys. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 dude, I wish I was there with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I echo exactly though, Jake, what you're saying about Ole Miss. I actually picked, picked them to finish seventh in the SEC West. I've got them at six and six. I, I, I agree with you. There's yeah. something about Ole Miss. I just, I, I don't know. I think they're capable for sure. I mean, if the offense, if they get some sort of defensive play, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of questions there. Jake, you've been amazing, man. Like I mentioned, it was great to meet you, but not just you, Blaine and Dave as well. You guys do a great job with Crane and company and meeting you guys. And that was truly, I've been talking about the biggest blessing of SEC Media Days was getting to interact with and meet so many talented creators like yourself, the Crane and Company boys, and you know everybody else in the who's who it felt like of the college ball community. Last thing, though, Jake, before I get you out of here, uh, was there anything specifically from SEC Media Days that you came away with that – 
surprised you or something maybe you felt like you learned? I mean, you mentioned Georgia, Bama, their pick to win their respective divisions. I think the way that they approach the media, um, I think is a talking point, a storyline, no doubt. Was there anything specifically leaving Nashville that you're taking away from the event? Well, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's not as much as, as a surprise as I, I think Feinbaum and Saban are, are, are in cahoots. I think I think Feinbaum says stuff that Saban can use with his players. I'm I'm convinced that's the truth. Uh, after after you know what he said about his legacy and and things like that. Even though, listen, I, I've got a ton of respect for Paul Feinbaum. He's an absolute icon in the sports media business. But at some point, I'm like, all right, man. I like, are you guys texting each other? And, and Saban's like, listen, Paul, I need you to say something bad about our team. Like, please, or about me. Heck, you can make it about me. Let's scream in front of the kids. Like, I, I just, I, I think there's something up there. Uh, but, man, I, I thought Nashville put on a great show. Uh, and it's in my backyard, so obviously it, it was it was really easy for us. Um, but really, outside of that, I mean, I was surprised there weren't more headlines and storylines that came out of SEC Media Day. You know, last year there was a ton. And, look, next year in Dallas with Oklahoma and Texas coming in, you best believe there's going to be a bunch. But it was kind of a – you know, Brian Kelly didn't say anything that that was really that wild. Jimbo Fisher, obviously, after he had his, you know, Spanish soap opera with Nick Saban last year. So maybe that it was more low-key is the biggest surprise. But, uh, man, it was great to meet you, obviously, like I said. And, and, Chris, you know, nobody deserves to be there more than you do, man. You built that thing out of the mud, which, you know, I've done myself, so I know how tough that is. And I, I hope the audience knows, you know, how hard you work and how good at what you do and, and or you, how good you are at what you do. And I just uh, – uh, you deserve it, man. And it was great to meet you. Jake, I appreciate you, man. And, and on the note of SEC Media Days, like you mentioned, because I agree, it felt a little subdued. It almost feels like the calm before the storm of the 2023 season mm -hmm. and the chaos and the madness, because it feels like most certainly with so many teams, with so many question marks, it's going to be a crazy cool. season yet again. Jake Crane of Crane and Company. Y'all check him out. Of course, weekdays. What are the times again, Jake, so people know? What's the time? Yeah, yeah, we go live uh, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern in the morning. So, okay. uh, you know, you're going to work. Just go to YouTube. It's C-R-A-I-N-N Company. We're on the Daily Wire, too. Um, we talk college football a ton, NFL. We do betting. We're sponsored by DraftKings. We do live calls and have a live chat where we read your comments. <laughs> so, it's a lot of fun, man. 7.30 to 9. Y'all check them out. Jake, appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy the honeymoon, by the way, and we'll talk to you again soon. I will, man. I hate flying, so I'm over here just trying not to panic like <laughs> Jody Foster and just run into a room and lock myself in it. But uh, it's always fun, Chris. Hey, man, take care. Appreciate you, Jake.